I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of love or a lot of hate for these choices. <laughs> welcome. 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 Welcome to Uplink. Before we get started, please consider supporting us on Patreon. It helps us out a ton, helps us to continue to bring great content, expand the team, and expand the offerings on the channel. And you get an exclusive podcast on the inner workings of Uplink Podcast, as well as a deep dive into the world of broader Star Wars gaming and Star and video gaming so please consider checking it us out and supporting us at patreon.com slash uplink podcast i want to talk about kotor again so kotor has come in the news again there isn't really anything new about the kotor stuff that's been circulating around it's just uh, a reinforcement that it's going to happen so Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreier, who is a great, great reporter on anything video games, highly recommend anything he writes, especially his book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. I love that book. It also contains some um, some more details on canceled Star Wars game 1313. So I, I'm a big fan of Jason Schreier, but he was a guest on the podcast Min Max, and this is what he said on that podcast. This is public at this point. I've basically confirmed that Aspire, which is the company that has ported a bunch of KOTOR games, is working on the remake, Schreier said. So that's what he said. Uh, we've known this for a little bit. Um, he announced it a couple months ago, and people went crazy about it. Um, friend of the podcast, Bespin Bulletin, who is a well-known leaker and reporter in the world of Star Wars and Star Wars video game leaks, as well as some other things. He, he, he surprises me on his knowledge. Uh, great guy. Uh, we need to have him on the podcast again. But KOTOR is going to be happening, and he specifically calls it a remake, uh, not a remaster or port, describing that Aspire, which is known for uh, a bunch of KOTOR ports, I believe they worked on the mobile port. They're a pretty good company. They they work mo mainly on ports. And I don't know if it's going to be them working on the entire game. Or if it's going to be... Uh, they're just going to be part of it. Or what exactly that's going to be looking like. But they're going to be working on a remake. And that could be anything from a... Basically, scene for scene recreation of the game in modern graphics and modern fidelity for modern consoles or it could be a which which i think this is more likely that they're going to remake the game to make it more canon and introduce new storylines but keeping the heart of what was there and what people enjoy and i think that's what i think that's what's going to happen again they we don't really get any details on what's going to happen on in terms of availability or time frame just that it's going to be happening um so I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes and what kind of game that they end up making. Because KOTOR is such a, a well-respected and loved game in Star Wars and in gaming in general. I know, I know friends of the podcast that we met through the community that play the game yearly. And it's such a huge part of it. And a lot of people were upset with Swotor expecting a more KOTOR style game. It ended up being something completely different, and uh, we'll be talking about that next week about the world of Star Wars The Old Republic next time. So stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and keep up to date on that. 
but I'm really looking forward to KOTOR. Uh, any, any type of remake for KOTOR. Um, I played through it a couple years ago for the first time and really enjoyed it. But the controls, man. The controls just... they. They are very dated. They're of the time frame that they are. It definitely works more towards uh, mouse and keyboard. Just the type of game that they are is very mouse and keyboard suited. I, I did play it on backwards compatibility, so it looked great. and um, still had a great time. The story is solid, and I, I, it lives up to its reputation in terms of the story it tells and the experience that you get from it. It feels Star Wars, but it doesn't feel cookie cutter star wars so i'm really looking forward to it i hope that we we get something cool from it and it's not just a one-to-one remake but they, they get to imbue some of the new stuff in gaming and we get to see a really cool remake so i'm really looking forward to it if you're listening to this podcast let me know through email on or on twitter contact at uplinkpodcast.com or on Twitter at Uplink Podcast. I'd love to know your thoughts on the KOTOR remake and what would you expect to see? What do you think the timeline's going to be? Or if you're watching this on YouTube, please let me know down in the comments. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be cool to see what they end up creating, and I hope they get to innovate, and I hope they get to bring it up to current standards. And I hope it comes soon. Please, something Star Wars, please come out. <laughs> Speaking of older Star Wars games, this episode of the podcast, I want to go over my five favorite Star Wars games. Um, I'm going to measure these as both objectively good and subjectively fueled by nostalgia. So some of the games that are on here are 100%, I like this game, it's terrible, but I love it because I have such a nostalgia for it. And then other ones, I'm just going to say, hey, this is just a great Star Wars game, and I highly recommend it. Uh, And I want to start off with everyone's favorite and probably expected, uh, but I'm not going to do it by game for this one. I'm just going to do it by series, because I love each of the Battlefront games for what they offer. And each of them offers something different. Like, the first Battlefront game is... It's the start of something iconic. It doesn't have everything together, but it's got the spirit of it. Like, you couldn't even play as heroes in the first game, which is always annoying. But also, I kind of want that in a, a new Star Wars Battlefront game. I'd love to see a Star Wars Battlefront game where it's purely trooper-based. I'd love to see Battlefield, but Star Wars. Um, I know not everyone wants to see that, but I think it would be epic. When DICE was announced to be creating Battlefront... Uh, a, a new iteration of Battlefront. I think that's what a lot of people expected. A lot of people expected to see Battlefield with a, uh, with a Star Wars skin on it. Which I would still take. I think that would be epic. I would love to see that game. But the first game, I really enjoy. The second game, I think, does everything better. Um, the controls are better. The maps are better. The game modes are better. The fact that you can play heroes, fantastic. Now, question I get pretty frequently, and it comes around in the community pretty often, is is Battlefront 2 2005 better than Battlefront 2 2017? And objectively, Battlefront, 20, Battlefront 2 2017 
is the better game. In terms of mechanics, in terms of gameplay, in terms of the fidelity of everything, it is the better game. Now, is it the better Battlefront game? Again, I think yes, but I think a lot of what's great about the original Battlefront 2 is the arcade style. Like, you can just put on that game and have some fun. Even going back, it still holds up. And for a while, you couldn't even get on servers. That's been added pretty recently. But for a while, you couldn't you couldn't go on servers, and it still held up. So I think that's, that is a sign of a great game. When Battlefront 2 2017, eventually the servers go down. I don't know if you can say the exact same thing. Again, we've got arcade and we've got the uh, survival missions and all of that stuff. But it doesn't have the same level of arcade, plop this in with your buddies. Because there isn't, there isn't any split screen any split screen co-op and I think that's a huge part of what made Battlefront 2 the original so good and then we've got Battlefront 2015 and Battlefront 2 2017 those are huge huge games and while objectively the gameplay and everything else in Battlefront 2 is better than Battlefront 2015 I still prefer the experiences that Battlefront 2015 offered. Not the gameplay, but the experiences that you got through the game. I think the maps in Battlefront 2015 are super superior to what is in Battlefront 2 2017. The maps were specifically made for the game modes rather than a gigantic map that was cut into pieces. The verticality on Solust is great. The variation on Tatooine's fantastic. Everything that they did in Battlefront 2015 in terms of the map and the, the layouts of everything was so great. And I, th- I think even the visuals of Battlefront 2015 most of the time rival that of Battlefront 2. Even though, technically speaking, it is a better looking game in terms of fidelity and the models and everything else. I just, it looks better and looks more Star Wars in Battlefront 2015 to me. Let me know if that's the case for you as well. Again, that's just my opinion here. Again, like I said in the opening, I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of love or a lot of hate for these. <laughs> but next up, and these are in no particular order. I kind of set up them in order, but they're pretty much interchangeable depending on my mood. Uh, the next game I want to shout out as one of my favorite Star Wars games is Star Wars Rogue Squadron 3. As a kid, we never had a, an Xbox or PlayStation. We had the GameCube. Our cousins had the PlayStation and some friends had the Xbox. And we'd go over and play those games. Our cousins are the, the people involved in getting us in Battlefront as a whole. We'd go over their their house and play Battlefront to our heart's content and would never get bored of it. And then when we were home, I played Rogue Squadron on the GameCube. I remember going to a game exchange and picking up uh, Rogue Squadron 3. Oh my gosh. I, I remember clearly booting it up. And part of this is nostalgia for why this is one of my one of my favorite games. But it is, even going back, I went back recently to play it. And it still holds up very, very well as a game. The game came out only on, only on GameCube, which is pretty mind-blowing. Um, and usually when a game came out only on GameCube, it was kind of like a subpar thing because the GameCube was not as powerful, didn't have as much storage on the discs, but it was still a great console. I love the the games that came out on the GameCube. But it did, it featured on-foot missions, and then they transitioned to air combat and then tank combat, 
and oh my gosh, it just did it so well. It's such a great time, and I really enjoy the experiences that were I was able to. I remember booting up uh, and seeing and playing on Yavin. Oh my gosh, such a good game. And I did go back recently, a couple, I think now two years ago. It was 2019, I played, uh, I booted up the GameCube again, and I played it. I loved it. Oh my goodness. It was so good. And some of the controls were janky. They they didn't all age the best. Some of the flight controls were, were pretty janky. But for the most part, it was solid, and the immersion was fantastic. It felt like Star Wars. It felt like you were part of Rogue Squadron. And did such a great job. And then on the complete opposite side, we've got Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. Bikini Troopers, A Journey Through the Prequels and the Original Trilogy, as well as the classic Lego humor. Oh, so good. So good. We had Azatru on the podcast not too long ago to talk about uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga and the delays there and what to expect and our experiences with the Lego Star Wars franchise. And the thing that got him into Star Wars as a whole was the Lego Star Wars games. So it is a huge part of the a huge part of the Star Wars gaming community. I'm super pumped for the next iteration of the franchise. It's going to be huge. I'm, I'm still mind blown at the fact that there are going to be 800 characters in that game. It's wild. Uh, but I am a huge, huge fan of this game. And it holds up to this day. Even after... Uh, over 10 years ago, it came out. Yeah, over 10 years ago. It came out in 2007. Um, and while I loved the original uh, Lego Star Wars game and then Lego Star Wars 2, you can't beat, you can't beat this complete saga. It just wrapped everything together. And while I do miss some of the, some of the things that they left out in the complete saga, I think overall as an experience, it was so good. I love that game. I think it did everything so well. I've gone back and played it super, super recently. I think I booted it up a couple months ago, and it was on Game Pass. I was like, you know what? It's time. It's time to play this game again. And uh, one of my brothers and I, we, we hopped on, and we played it. Oh, my goodness. The, the memories that came back. And while part of it is nostalgia, the game is iconic, and I think it works from a gameplay perspective as well as an experience perspective. And a comedy perspective, like, there are still moments where I'm laughing out loud at some of the stuff that they did in the Lego, uh, Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. So good. So good. But if I were to take away anything, or take away points for anything, not that I'm giving points quite yet, some of the features that we take for granted in current Lego games, uh, stuff like the improved camera and the open world travel, I, I, you could say, hey... This is a lack of that game, but it's also one of the beginnings of the Lego video game. I don't want to call it series, but what what Traveler's Tales offers in terms of video games. I think it's just super iconic for that. And considering the age of the game, over 10 years ago it came out, it's a completely different time frame. It's fair not to expect a super robust open world experience i would say the open world experience even for something like the skywalk uh the force awakens i think that game pretty really lacked the open world experience compared to something like marvel's super lego star wars or lego marvel superheroes or um oh man lego lord of the rings super solid open world travel oh my gosh 
that's, that's probably one of my favorites for sure. Another thing I definitely want to point out, another game that I definitely want to highlight. And so in, in, in the outline for this episode, this is what I wrote. Terrible controls, janky animations, and a great dive into Star Wars bounty hunting. That's, that's how I described it. And I, th- I think it works so well because the game has terrible controls and the animation's so janky. But my gosh, do I love this game. One, we're completely starved of anything Coruscant related. It's ridiculous how lacking the offerings for Coruscant is. Every single time a Star Wars game comes out, and any time a Star Wars game comes out, it is lacking the city metropolis or uh, skyscrapers that... L- seem to go up endlessly the dirty streets the flying cars the neon lights everything like that is completely lacking i was super hopeful for something like uh fallen order a fallen order uh which i think deserves a spot as one of my favorites but i was specifically thinking about uh the older franchises i think jedi fallen order has a great spot it does so many great things and it is a huge step up for Star Wars video games and it, I think it deserves to be pushed forward and it, it did such a great job and performed so well that it definitely deserves a spot as one of the best Star Wars games period but we're not we're not talking about that right now but actually we are talking about that because I was so disappointed because the trailers were pointing out the it had um, Cal Kestis sitting in the dingy bars with the neon lights, the really mooding lighting, uh, Braca. Oh my gosh. I was so pumped for that. And then we're on there for like two seconds before it goes to the next level and the train crashes and blah, blah, blah. And then we leave. I want cyberpunk style. I want um, super gritty, super gritty, lived in, grungy Star Wars cityscape where you're hiding around, you don't know if the guy to your left is an assassin or just someone out to get a drink, you don't know if uh, the stormtrooper is actually a stormtrooper or if someone just found some stormtrooper armor in the black market and they're about to go rob a bank or uh, infiltrate the re- infiltrate the Empire as the rebellion. Like I love that part. And we haven't really gotten that in anything, but we get it in Bounty Hunter. And that's what I super. That's what I love about Star Wars Bounty Hunter, and bounty hunting is so mysterious in anything outside of Mando. Um, I think Mando exposed our want for something a Mandalorian style bounty hunting, and I think that's one of the reasons it did so well. Is that everyone wants to see something like that so badly? Something where you're traveling across the world, you're going after these quests, and you have something bigger in play but you have to pay the bills um so i think i think we all want something like that i personally like that i think bounty hunter does a great job with it and finally republic commando great storytelling it's got fantastic mechanics but terrible pc controls as you saw on stream uh we stream every Saturday at 12 p.m. MST. So definitely come check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront podcast. I played it on PC on stream. Goodness gracious. That was, that was, that was rough. It was rough. My, my DPI settings were super high, but also super slow in game. So I'd had to turn it up in on the PC side. And then anytime I was in the menu, I couldn't control anything. But when I was in the game, it was super weird. Uh, that game is super hard. I died 
I died way too many times than I want to admit. But hey, it's got it's a great dive into some great clone stories and I love the different mechanics of it. I love the mechanic of attachments changing your weapon. I think that works super well and all of the characters form a squad and I think it does a great job of making you feel like an awesome secret clone group and I really enjoy it. I definitely would suggest playing it on console versus something like PC but if that's all you got it's definitely worth getting past the janky controls and jumping into that game. So those are some of the, my five favorite Star Wars games. Let me know your favorite Star Wars games. Reach out on Twitter at Uplink Podcast or reach out on email uh, contact at uplinkpodcast.com. Definitely come reach out there and let us know. We'll also be pulling a poll up on uh, my favorite Star Wars games and then let me know if I'm wrong. Reach out and join the Discord as well. We'll have we'll be having that discussion when this episode comes out too. So come on and join us. Now I'm gonna react to the top five Star Wars games according to Metacritic. This is going to be interesting. I laid out my top five favorite Star Wars games. Let's see how these line up with Metacritic and the score that people have given Metacritic, starting off with the number five top Star Wars game. And it's Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords, with an 86 on Metacritic. Its description is, set five years after the original KOTOR, the next chapter in Bioware's RPG series tells the story of an exiled Jedi Knight at a time when the Order faces annihilation. New powers, faster combat, and new environments such as Korriban. Ancient Sith Lord Burial Ground makes this trip to the KOTORville more than just the Old Republic rated, really, that retread. And that's from Stuff Magazine. This is pretty interesting. I think it stands up. KOTOR 2, I think, especially the Sith Lords part, it works so well. I, I agree, and I think it lives up to the 86 on Metacritic. What I don't think lives up to the 86 on, or 88 on Metacritic, which is the number, a number, uh, the 88 on Metacritic. I don't think it lives up. Is Angry Bird Star Wars is an 88 on Metacritic. And it's described as Rovio's popular Angry Bird series gives a Star Wars makeover in this widely downloaded mobile hit, tasking you with flinging its eponymous Jedi birds at a cadre of evil Imperial pigs. And then from IGN's Justin Davis, although it doesn't stray too far from its pick-up-and-play roots, at its best, the game contains real challenge and surprisingly clever twists. I remember playing this, and while I, I did play it and I did enjoy it, 88 is kind of high for an Angry Birds Star Wars game. I think I think my my uh, <laughs> my viewpoint on this is gonna get roasted online, but I don't know. I mean, it's great. But is it almost 90 on Metacritic? Great. I don't know. Let me know. Number 89, and I think this I think this one stands up. The next one has an 89 on Metacritic, and I think this one stands up. It's Jedi Star or Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. Those names are horrible. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Terrible name. Super complicated. But it is described as in this well-received sequel, 
set eight years after the Return of the Jedi, you once again control Kyle Katarn through your choice of first and third person perspective battles on his quest to defeat the Dark Jedi Desen. According to Amir Ajami of GameSpot, Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 contains some of the best combat sequences since Half-Life, the most distinctive control mechanics since Max Payne, and the most involving plot in a Star Wars game since Jedi Knight. I love this game. I've played through it pretty recently, after years of not playing it, and it was basically like I was playing it again because I didn't remember anything about it. It's great. I love the sound effects. I love the voice acting in this game. And the controls are super janky. Like all of the, all of the games around this time frame, super, super janky compared to current games. But I think it it lives up to the hype. And I don't think a lot I don't think enough people talk about how great the game is. Once you get used to the controls, it's fantastic. The story it tells and the characters it introduces into Star Wars are fantastic. I would love to see a remake of this game. I think it would go over very well. Or not even remake, because remakes are pretty overplayed. You can go back and play the OG ones. Because I think it still stands up. I would love to see a sequel or I'd love to see a reimagination of these characters or a game in this type of genre. Next game, Star Wars Rogue Leader Rogue Squadron 2. I personally prefer the third game in the franchise, but I see where they're, where they're coming from. It's described as the second of three games of the Rogue Squadron series. This flight action game lets you control a range of Star Wars craft over 10 levels, including an X-Wing, a Snowspeeder, and the Millennium Falcon. Nintendo World Report hails the GameCube title as a visual and oral masterpiece. GameSpot, meanwhile, calls it a jaw-droppingly gorgeous game. It stands up. It holds its own. Things pretty good. I, I already said what I said about Rogue Squadron, so... The next one with a 91 on Metacritic. Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2. This first-person shooter puts you in the shoes of Kyle Katarn, a mercenary on a journey to confront his father's murderers and a collective of dark Jedi. Uh, GameSpot says the designers have done a commendable job of creating an immerse, immersive environment and have come up with a come up with what is arguably the best single player first person shooter since Doom. Again, Star Wars Jedi Knight, great game. Visually pretty rough, pretty dated, but I think it it, it holds up pretty well. This is surprising. The next game with a ninety four. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the first one. I personally think that the second one is the better game. I think the controls in the second one are better, and the story that it tells in the second one are better. I think it's just a refined version of KOTOR. But according to Metacritic, Knights of the Old Republic is the better game, which is super surprising to me. Set 4,000 years before the formation of the Empire, as a Jedi, you begin... But your decisions decide what side of the force you will align with. And that was groundbreaking. I remember at the time people were like, oh my gosh, I get to choose whether I'm a Jedi or if I'm a Sith. And I think I think that's what really made the game so great. And then KOTOR 2 really hammered down on that point and got you even further into the mix and really developed the story of that. But starting off, KOTOR did a great job and really, uh, really set Bioware down the path that it's on. 
even though stuff like Anthem really, really struggled. I hope I hope Bioware makes it out of there and starts starts putting together some great experiences again. An electronic gaming monthly held the game as being like the movie we all hoped episode one would be. Enthralling plot, marvelous visuals, and voice acting. Deep immersion in the galaxy's many worlds. With all that noble Jedi malarkey lightened up by old school, old school episode four style humor. I mostly align with the decision. Some of them I question, like Angry Birds Star Wars. Does that really deserve to be an 88? But, hey... That's what Metacritic is. It's about all of everyone's decisions and opinions on a game condensed together and given one score. Let me know what your thoughts are on the top five highest rated Star Wars games on Metacritic. But that's all I've got for this episode. Thank you for listening to Uplink Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Uplink Podcast or on Instagram at Uplink Podcast. If you like the show and... We hope you do. Please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. It helps us out a ton. It gets your feedback and it helps us attract new listeners. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Uplink Podcast. Be very appreciative of that. You can get exclusive content like Uplink Plus, our exclusive Patreon podcast, as well as some bonus insider deals on Uplink Podcast merchandise, as well as a mention in the outro, this right here. We'd like to thank Daniel, who uh, supports us at the $10 a month level and helps bring the show to you lovely people. Thank you so much, Daniel. And if you'd like a shout out at the end of the episode, please consider supporting on Patreon. Helps us out a ton, helps us to expand the show and bring you weekly content. We also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Yes, I know. We're uplink podcast now, but can't change the URL for YouTube. So please consider checking out the content that we're producing over there. We have weekly streams every Saturday at 12 p.m. MST, as well as bonus content and expansion of the show. You can find the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you can find this show. Links to all of the guests' information will be in the description of this episode, so definitely go check them out as well. As always, thanks for listening. Goodness gracious.